Good day to you, wherever you may be. This is The Production Room, brought to you by Replay, the collective marketing agency. This is episode 10, and we're stoked today. We're going to be talking about self-service ad platforms and how Amazon is jumping in to the self-service ad platform game, trying to break up the duopoly that Facebook and Google are currently owning right now um, in the ad revenue ad platform game. So, in June, Amazon launched their Amazon Marketing Services, uh, which again is a self-service platform, and it allows advertisers uh, to purchase ad space um, for their products um, and to target consumers through keyword searches. So it's a big play on the Google search. Actually, Amazon spends about five billion dollars last year in 2016. Uh, on uh, search engine uh, search uh, ads. Um, and so they're actually one of the biggest purchasers of ads uh, from Google. And they're really trying to shake things up and take some ad dollars away from Google um, by offering search ads on their platform. Um, so what exactly is self-service advertising, guys, for our u- viewers? And how does it differ from t- traditional advertising strategies? Uh, self-service, uh, self-service ad platforms are platforms in which a uh, like a business owner or a third party or anything can buy their own ad inventory, right? So think of Google AdWords, Facebook, uh, Snapchat actually released a self-service ad platform as well. It's essentially like you put together the parameters, you sp- say how much you want to buy, mm-hmm. and then you can do it yourself. Gotcha. Uh, Pat, you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, Mikhail hit the nail on the head with that one it's it gives you Ouch. the opportunity <laughs> it gives you the opportunity to build your own ads uh, you know all the way down to the ad creative and what your messaging is saying and who you're targeting so uh, it puts more control in the um, the user's hand as opposed to having to rely on people that you know previously were really knowledgeable at this yeah. um, they can have, they have a chance now to do it themselves well we're an ad agency does this pose a threat to us uh, no, I think it's awesome because it's just more stuff that we can offer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so with this new ad platform, Amazon is uh, going to allow publishers and advertisers alike uh, to buy ad space. Um, they they currently right now uh, Amazon allows uh, other uh, beforehand Am- Amazon allowed other publishers to publish ads on Amazon and now Amazon's doing a lot to really control that inventory and actually offer their own ad products in those spaces. Um, so what it really does and one something that's kind of interesting about this is that what's really what's what Facebook and Google have what they have that's proprietary to them for advertisers and for publishers is Google knows what people are searching. They have all of that search data. That's what makes them super valuable. Then there's Facebook, which knows really well what people are interested in and who they're connected to. And Amazon has unique data points across commerce and what people are buying and how often and how frequently they're buying those products, which is that that data is really kind of what is posing the biggest threat to Google and to Facebook. Uh, Google, uh, 29% of people surveyed said that they actually start their product searches on Amazon um, as opposed Mm. to on search engines. So by offering advertisers the ability to purchase ad space instead of other plate and instead of other advertisers owning that space, instead of the actual direct, the actual direct retailers on Amazon being able to purchase that space, it really does, it really does threaten people of Google 
um, by, by, you know, kind of consuming those ad dollars. So now Amazon is going to be potentially taking a lot of those ad dollars away from Google and people are going to spend them on Amazon. So how do you think that Amazon's new search ad technology will affect Google and Facebook? I think it's essentially, you know, it comes down to what you said. They're going to have to share some of the Google and Facebook are going to end up sharing some of the ad dollars that are being spent, mm. right? I don't think that it's detrimental to Google or Facebook's success be, because it's just, it's it's essentially history repeating itself, right? Mm. Like people serving ads, like let's take, let's pretend that Facebook is like ESPN and Google is CNN, right? The ads that are being bought on right. either, <laughs> the ads that are being bought on on either platform, like they're still subject to what people are interested in and what pe- and what uh, what interests other people. Like you're not going to see you're not going to see an ad for Nike running shoes on CNN, right? We talked about this mm-hmm. before, and vice versa. You might not see like you know a Chase banking ad on ESPN. So I think that there's are you still- talking about the the websites or like on TV? Well, it's more of the it's more of the the analogy of it happen like it's just history repeating gotcha. itself where. There's the big players, ABC, Fox, and and whoever, let's just say ESPN, that have all this ad revenue that's being spent. It depends on what people are searching for because there's still products and there's still traffic that comes through um, to different websites through Facebook and Google, and I don't ever see that really stopping. Like There's mm-hmm. still a lot of information that Amazon just can't, essentially, not that they can't traffic but it's not like mm-hmm. you know it's not the end-all be-all amazon isn't the end-all be-all in fact mm-hmm. only 15 percent, around 15 percent. last time i read of all purchases in the united states are made online there's still people going to stores mm-hmm. there's still people you know going out and buying <clears throat> things so i don't think it's the end-all be-all but i do think that obviously you know google i think is the biggest threat right or is at the biggest risk for losing out on a lot of this market because i think that people are less likely to I think people have been less likely to click on ads for a long time through Google. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, I, th- I kind of feel that it would be. I don't think that Google is going to lose a lot of its search traffic or its search volume because of Amazon, and we're not going to see that probably for a little while because this platform is still fairly new. People are searching for strictly just products on Amazon, right? So people look for information and things like that on Google, but those products and things like that will still show up on the Google platform. And like you said, you know, people still go out and they buy stuff. They don't mm. buy things online. 15% of yeah, the people that are purchasing things are made online, but a lot of the traffic and research goes through Google still. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, regardless of the fact that people are, are less likely to click on ads, if they still show up, it's still going to be relevant to what they're searching for. So I don't know if we're really going to start seeing a big impact with Google mm-hmm. until later on down the road. Okay, so like, let's. What are what are advertisers or brands? What should they what should they focus on um, when it comes to when it comes to assessing whether or not they should spend any time with Amazon ads? I think the biggest thing is just understanding your market and what they're searching. Like, if I'm you know if I'm doing nutritional supplements or something like that, obviously I want to be on Amazon. Mm-hmm. If I'm a small business and I'm a service type of thing and I'm, I serve a region, like I'm still gonna want to do Facebook and Google. Yeah, of course. You know, so. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. I think it's just, I think that there's so much power behind it. Like you should be scared of Amazon, yeah. but mm. you know what I mean? Mm. There's still, you know, there's still a market like yeah. for, for each platform. Well, you know that going to Amazon, it's already product based, right? Like you're getting, you know, physical mm-hmm. things. So you know that there's a different context when people are on there searching for stuff. So when you place your ads, you know that these people have that mindset that they want to buy something. So you want to put your product in front of those people that are already searching. So that platform may work the best for you, depending on what you're selling products versus services and so forth. 
Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so I mean, as far as the as here's here's a couple of things that I, I kind of want to touch on on the on or I talk about <laughs> on the 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 self service ad platform sure. stuff. So um, as as an advertiser. When we when we start talking about things like Facebook ads or Google search ads, when and how are uh, should a marketer or should a company focus on? How do they focus on using those two platforms to their benefit? And in what scenarios would they do that? So, Pat, let me ask you this question: In what <coughs> si- and give me a scenario or walk me through the your advice that you would give a company when they're considering Google to spend their ad dollars a finite amount of ad dollars on search versus on social media, like on Facebook or Instagram? Are you, are you asking me like which platform would make more sense? What, what are things that they should consider? Well, again, I think it goes back to what they're what they're trying to do. Like, what's their, their purpose? You know, when it goes to these two platforms, there's two different, it goes back to mindset, right? When people are on Google, they're searching for something, so there's a lot of intent. When they're on social media platforms, they're not really looking for anything. Maybe they're looking for, you know, wanting to connect with a friend or be entertained, but when they see something that makes sense to them, they're going to click on an ad that's relevant or entertaining or informational. Then you can kind of create that intent through the content that you generate. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess when, if as a business, I guess my, my bit of advice would be, what's the purpose of what you're trying to do? Are you trying to go direct or are you trying to inform and then educate and nurture? Because I feel like um, Facebook and those social mm-hmm. platforms will give you that type of nurturing culture mm-hmm. with those ads yeah. and it'll bring people into that funnel. But if you're looking for more of a direct sale, then I would definitely go with the AdWord platform. Okay, so how can how can uh, how would that that same company be able to use both platforms to generate a lead and nurture that lead from beginning to end, from top of the funnel through the bottom of the funnel to the decision? I think that the first thing is understanding that that both experiences for the consumer are completely different. As as Pat was saying, if somebody's going to actually click on your ad on Facebook, then you should essentially put together more of a nurturing funnel, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's like a content exchange or, you know, even an offer works that you can get down the road type of thing Mm -hmm. and then capturing their email addresses, that sort of thing. So you have to just understand what that's used for. In fact, we've seen a lot of, uh, we've seen a lot of businesses um, kind of think that Facebook is the end-all be-all and social media ads are the end-all be-all, but really it's just a part of the marketing mix. Mm -hmm. And again, as, as Patrick said, it's like, the you know the direct buy is going to be on Google, so you have a better chance there. The conversion rates are different, and the 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 KPIs are completely different. On Google, maybe it's a purchase immediately, but on Facebook, maybe it's just more web traffic, more brand awareness, more social proof, and then you know capturing an email address or something like that. Yeah, totally. You'll get definitely much cheaper traffic on the social platforms than you would on Google. But again, it's how well are those? You know, how well is that traffic converting into what you want it to do? Right. I mean, is it is it uh is it converting better on your uh, Google platforms or your social platforms? And that's something that you need to measure when you're when you're running both campaigns. Mm-hmm. And interesting. So, like with some of our clients, Pat, like walk us through like using, uh, walk us through like using social media to retarget someone who maybe found you through your post or uh, on search organic uh, sure. Google yeah, search I mean, or through a pay per click ad. Yeah, absolutely. So we we target uh, or we we basically pixel uh, a landing page or the website. Um, uh, whatever you know, we're driving the traffic to, and then when we remarket them, remarketing them on social channels, Facebook or Instagram, just f- for example, you know, you'll you'll get in front of those eyes again. But at that point, 
they've already seen your business. They've already seen your brand. They've engaged with it at, at, at one point. So the remarketing side of things is, is a, I'm a big believer in it. I think the remarketing side is huge. I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of good things happen on the remarketing end. You get a lot more uh, conversions. Um, you get more engagement and so forth on your remarketing ads. And that's where you really start to see the magic happen. I feel like you run the brand awareness campaigns at the top of the funnel for, you know, from Facebook. But when you remarket on these things, that's where you start to see things clicking. It's where you start to see the needle moving and so yeah. forth. So, like, uh, do you see your experience with our clients lower cost per click, cost per leads on retargeting campaigns as opposed to running cold traffic? Um, I think, well, they work hand in hand. You know what I mean? It's it comes down to the frequency as well. You'll get more frequency from the cold traffic, but again, you know, with the remarketing, um, you'll definitely see a higher conversion on the remarketing. Um, but the cost per clicks and the cost per impressions will be more expensive because the pool is a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the cold traffic and you once you find the target audience and the messaging is right, the clicks are cheaper, the impressions are cheaper, the frequency is more. However, the conversions don't typically happen on the first encounter. That that's very rare that we'll see one ad and then take the next step. Mm-hmm. You have to hit them a couple different times, especially if you're marketing on you know social media platforms. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so when, so for some of these, for some of these people, uh, or some of our viewers and our listeners who are, who are right now trying to figure out whether or not, um, they are, maybe they're stuck or plateauing on their Facebook ad campaign doing like running retargeting. Okay. Um, what are, what are some things that we can do as far as sending them? Do you send them the same ad? Do you send them a variation of the same ad that they've seen before? What are some strategies that you can use there to have a higher conversion rate? Well, it's, um, you know, the, the first ad is always your first impression, right? Like you consider that as the first thing that these people will see. And if they don't really engage with that, let's say they click, but they don't take the next step. You want to give them something that's tangible, like a different offer, a different message. I mean, essentially you're trying to get them to take the same step. You want them to go to the same place, but maybe you have to approach it from a different angle. Maybe you have to give them a different creative. Maybe mm-hmm. you have to, you know, tell them something a little bit different. Maybe they need, you know, like a, a lead magnet or something that's, that's uh, a little, a little less, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like int- not intrusive, like a, like a less barrier to entry or something like that. That kind hmm. of, that kind of helps a them. A smaller ask. A smaller ask. Exactly. Sorry. That was really weird, but a smaller ask definitely to, to help them take that next step. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there can be different offers, but you don't really know that you, these are things you got to set up and test and see which funnels work best. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it, is it worth like, is it worth Building, would you rather see someone retarget on social media versus like a Google Display Network, like yes. on another site? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. And just leave it at that. Yeah, this is, that's it. <laughs> stop, stop remarketing on Google Display. Is, it, is, is, is Google Display dead or, I mean, I, I think all those clicks are accidental. A hundred percent. Like when, because if you're on the internet, if you're on ESPN.com, you, you can probably relate. If you're on ESPN.com looking up the Dodgers, who are the best team in MLB right now. Yeah, the best team in baseball. <laughs> like, do you really want an ever, ad from, like, from Toyota coming up just because you accidentally like looked them up one time? Here's the thing. When I, am, when I land on an article that I want to read, okay? Yeah. I want to read that article, right? right? And my brain, my vision, my whole train of thought and focus, I've trained myself to completely yes. block out the ads. 
we call they call that an ad focus or there's such thing as ad fatigue where mm-hmm. it's like you're seeing the same ads over and over again and then mm-hmm. their performance dwindles but i go onto a page and i know where the ads are i know where they're going to be and my train of my focus goes to where i know where the content is yeah. that i'm looking to engage with yep. i get angry if i see yeah, toyota there yeah. i'm like why i'm trying to read this article do you guys is that something that well, and uh, heaven forbid you do a youtube pre-roll <laughs> like dude like that is just the could worst could potentially be just wasted five yeah. four three yeah. two skip skip skip, skip. skip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's really true I, I, the targeting is important but the you know that's th- a whole different conversation of who, who's controlling that stuff because you don't i don't think you see a lot of small businesses that are really looking for good conversions doing something like that what you're seeing are bigger companies the toyotas the pepsis right. of the world the bigger companies you'll see that ad spend yeah. and they have they need they have to buy they inventory. can throw at it for who sure still quantify their their measure who still like measure their success by the their impressions like it makes no sense it's old school it's an old school way of thinking yeah. the one thing that does that actually makes sense to me here is and, and I, when you look for like say hotel rooms like you want to go traveling or something like that you land on a website and let's just say you know you go to mgm whatever you're looking to book a room there right you don't book the room and then literally for the next 30 days they show up on everything display networks mm-hmm. everywhere right i don't mind that because i'm still in that mindset of i want to look for something and it's something that's kind of cool so they want to make sure that they're there but there was literally one time i was on a page and that was the banner it was the skyscrapers on the side it was in the footer and it just surrounded mm-hmm. literally the one thing i was reading it was just the same ad and i was like it's kind of crazy but i clicked on it because i was like i kind of need to get a room you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> so i don't know if it's completely dead but it's yeah. definitely the bigger budgets if yeah. you have it it could work and some of those like intent like intent purchases that where there's an urgency like booking a flight or booking a hotel mm-hmm. room where it's like you're clearly looking to do that you're i mean if you're on there and you're you know looking for availability for flights within the next few days then obviously you're looking to make that purchase right then right. and there and so right. that that retargeting because that urgency and that tent is there you re, i mean that's when it makes a lot of sense yeah sure. these, these audience networks these expanded networks that we're seeing on like linkedin and facebook for, let's take for Facebook. You know they have the audience network, where basically it's a it's another network of, of web platforms that you that uh, that Facebook will disperse and distribute your ad onto, mm-hmm. right, to help expand the reach. When do you use that feature? When do you turn it off? I personally never use them. Like I, I actually only use. Um, sometimes I'll use the the what is it the sidebar or whatever the, the right of the right hand column yeah the right hand column but as far as like the the audience network where it comes up on apps mm-hmm. nobody likes those mm-hmm. it's kind of the same yeah. ads that we're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah so I don't use those I, and um and then I'll just use like des- desktop sidebar and then mobile and then Instagram sometimes. Mm-hmm. I know for some of our clients, like for our for retargeting pad, I know that you turn on the audience network for retargeting yeah. ads, and then you turn it off for cold traffic. So I've seen I've seen success um, when I run the cold traffic. It's you know in the feed. You want it to be in the feed. Uh, you want you know, sometimes instant articles, right hand column, but everything else will just turn off because it's 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 you know wasted ad spend. A lot of the budget if you turn it on to the cold traffic, we'll go to audience network and you'll get a lot of impressions and it looks all cool, but literally nothing's mm-hmm. happening. However, on the retargeting side of things, because it's a smaller pool, um, I've, I've found that if you're able to put um, the ad in more places, like including the audience network, I've seen good conversions. And it has lowered my cost per click and the conversions actually have um, gone up and at a lower rate. Um, sorry, at a lower rate to, for those conversions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in theory, it's, you have a lower pool, but you put your ads everywhere, right? And so people see it. And the frequency of that happening, 
I think, you know, helps with those conversions. Gotcha. So it's like once they've seen you for that first time and they've engaged with a specific offer or a piece of content, mm -hmm. then it's like it makes sense to sort of follow up with them, nurture, be top of not, be top of mind right. so that they're seeing you. Because a lot of these things like in the B2B world or with the bigger transaction stuff, there's more of a research period, right? The buyer's journey lasts over a period of time where it's not like the high intensity mm -hmm. urgency, like booking a hotel room or mm -hmm. booking a flight or something like that. So staying top of mind and being, you know, over the course of time is really going to help you to, to, to have an opportunity to actually be there when they need you most. Yeah, absolutely. Right on, guys. Well, this has been another excellent episode of The Production Room <laughs> brought to you by Replay, the collective marketing agency. I'm Sam. 